Hey, welcome to the stories I wish you heard. This is the B episode for On Love and Food. If this is your first time listening to this show, I do two episodes a week. The A episode features a story from my blog City Songs. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, pause this one first and come back after. You're listening to the B episode where I walk you through some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for the story. We also have a special guest who will help us unpack some of the themes discussed. I wrote On Love and Food in April 2017. It's mostly fiction, but I really did try cooking my way through Let's Cook with Nora. Uh, I was freshly between jobs, and I tried to channel the stresses of fun employment into developing a new skill. I documented all of this in a Tumblr blog, but shortly after I published the sole cooking post, uh, I signed a job offer, and that was that. Um, I generally write a lot of weepy stories, so writing fluffy happy stories like this one is always a challenge. Uh, turning it into a podcast episode was quite the experience. Unlike in the last story where I had Olive to perform the second character in the story, I was all alone for this episode. So I experimented a bit with separating dialogue by recording each person separately. And then I also tried to use the left and right audio channels to um, note which character was talking. Because I couldn't really change my voice that much. Um, or at least con- I couldn't change it convincingly so that it would sound like two different people. I wasn't sure about how it sounded in the end, so I asked for help from a friend. She was also kind enough to lend some more of her time for this episode. This week's guest is a foodie who believes that if she can make her meal from scratch, she will make her meal from scratch. Her dishes and recipes have been featured in Yummy PH, Eat Filipinas, amcarmenskitchen.com, and other food accounts. Aside from her usual food porn, you can find recipes and stories in her posts, and you can follow her kitchen adventures on Instagram at a cup of jasmine rice. So let's welcome Meyer Vertodazzo. Hi, Meyer. Hey. Thanks for inviting <laughs> <Yay>. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I knew that as soon as I, I figured out that this was the story that I was going to feature this week, I knew that there was no one else that I wanted on this because if we're going to talk about food, we need an expert. Thank you. I don't consider myself as an expert, so that makes me feel nervous and, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on me, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. Um, your opinion of your expertise doesn't matter. Only my opinion of your expertise matters. Uh, okay, <laughs> I-, I had a hard time following that, but I'll just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So you accompanied me without you knowing it um, through my editing process when I was recording and editing on Love and Food. So you were one of the first people to actually listen to it. So what did you think of the episode? Well, it gave me all the warm feeling inside, especially the <laughs> part where uh, it's so, especially the, cr- the cringy part. Well, you, you said it's cringy, but to me... It gave me all of the feels um, <laughs> where your lover told you that um, love is the secret ingredient to everything. And then you kissed your lover. So, you know, that, that part is like, <laughs> straight from a rom-com. I, I did not. I wasn't confident about that part. In what? fact, I, I really didn't want to publish. Um, I, and, and I only really found the strength to publish it when, when you said that it sounded okay. Um, so I'm glad that you liked that part. <laughs> Whoa, I don't remember saying that it sounded okay. I, I think I said a lot of things about it. Like, I was <laughs> raving about, about that part. <laughs> like, oh my god, 
<laughs> but, but I guess you just said you you just used the word okay because I replied with a lot of emojis and that was just so hard to put to words. <laughs> when all else fails, use emojis. Right. That's that's me. I use a lot of emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that you enjoyed listening to it. Um, I really enjoy writing about food because it is something that I really like. I like eating. I like cooking. I like watching people cook. And that's really why I love your Instagram feed because it's so full of food. Thank you. And all all of the stuff I posted on my Instagram, uh, most of them were done by me. Mm. And I didn't take them just for aesthetic purposes or just so I could you know, upload them to Instagram. Whatever you see on my feed, that's really what I'd eat. So like, Right after taking photos, I'd be eating them. I think it's it's funny because you have so much EQ. Like sometimes I'll I'll spend some time in the kitchen and and uh, you know I'll I'll make my dish and like halfway through it I realize oh no I forgot to take pictures of it. But in <laughs> in your case, not only do you take photos of the food, but you also stage them really well. Oh, that's part of it, and you know. That's how I enjoy my meal. It has to look really good and appeal <laughs> to my taste. And I think there's so much, it's, it's a good balance of really good food, but also really, really clean aesthetics. I'm looking at your Ensaladang Lato right now, and you even included a story about it. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, I think that's part of it too. Um, I mm. like telling stories about the food that I make. It could be the process behind it oh my gosh i'm saying process it's like that's so well there is a process (laughs) (laughs) i sound like an adult um and well it could just be a story related to it just like the lato story (laughs) i think it's so interesting that certain scents or certain tastes um can can often trigger a memory so apart from lato what other dishes take you back there's um well there's this korean dish that Mm. i'll never ever try it has fermented skate fish and to me it smelled like death (laughs) i'm never gonna try it that's it cannot even put the taste and the smell into words that's how bad it is you know that's 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 worse than durian was it fermented you said fermented so i guess it's it was salty? You know, I don't even remember the taste. But I remember how bad it smelled like. It's like it smelled so bad you you won't be able to recognize the taste. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so when you smell this again, what does it remind you of? What's, what memory is triggered? Um, my, my very first formal Korean meal in Korea. Mm. <laughs> like, that's how much I love Korean food. Um, I I have a lot of memories of having meals in Korea, street food and at restaurants. And I think for most people, they they fall in love with Korea uh, because of the music or because of the TV shows. And in your case, you even learned how to speak Korean, but not for TV, not for music, but for the food, right? Right. So I went to the Korean Cultural Center in BGC mm-hmm. just to learn how to read and understand Korean <laughs> and speak, of course. Um, so I won't get lost in the subway stations mm. or I could talk to the taxi drivers. 
and of course how to read off of menus. <laughs> that <was> super, <laughs> yeah, but that was really super important to me. Mm. Um, cause there would be pictures and mm. I could just point out pictures. But what if, you know, whatever word or phrase that's under or below the picture doesn't really match uh, what the picture says. So it's better if I learn to read whatever is on the menu. And maybe you, you end up ordering that fermented fish thing by mistake, right? Oh, no! <laughs> it's actually a, a friend who ordered it for me, you know, like... But I think it's just like when when a foreigner goes to the Philippines and then we offer. Well, I've never done it, but you know, people would offer that foreigner balut. You True. know, so it's it's kind of like that, and so the, that's why I said that I have a lot of memories eating meals in Korea. Like I still remember my very first um, street food, which mm. is this pancake. Is this the one that's shaped like a fish, and then you put ice cream inside? Oh no! Um, this is like sugary. And how come I can't remember it right now? But it's in my feed, so let me scroll down <laughs> and look for the name. <laughs> All of this talk, and I can't remember the name of the food. Um, so it's here. Hotok. Hotok. Yeah. So it's. Sweet pancakes with brown sugar syrup filling. Ooh, that looks so good. Yes. Sorry, I just, I googled it. So I first tried it in Myeongdong and it was winter and mm. I had it like really warm. So it was very comforting. So that's one of the food memories that I always go back to. And I think that's what's interesting about food. You could be comforted by a specific type of food. In your case, uh, the hot dog gave you comfort from from the cold. Mm-hmm. And so now when you think of hotok, it just fills your heart with warmth. Right. And now it's um, autumn, right? So I'm wishing, like, I, I wish I'm in Seoul right now buying hotok. <laughs> I think we all wish we could be elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so technically, if this is a pancake with a filling, then you remember that thing that you recommended um, in that artsy-artsy building, the poop-shaped bread? Oh, right. So is that technically a hotok? No, that's just it's not. a... It's just poop bread. Yeah. Pang. Um, how do they call poop in Korean? But it's pang. Bread is... <laughs> they didn't teach you that at the Korean Institute? <laughs> no, pangtong, I think. But it was good because it had like really nice stuff inside. It wasn't filled with poop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. There were, if I remember, there were walnuts, um, and it was sweet. I think there was red bean, and then it also came in chocolate. Aha! I tried the chocolate one. Oh yeah, it's it's only one D. So if you Google it, it's D O N G, and then. <laughs> If I Google D-O-N-G, I don't know what I'll see. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasn't done yet. So D-O-N-G. Sorry, sorry. And then B-B-A-N-G. Because bang is for bread. So oh. And then dong is the poop. Yeah. Dong, dong, bang. That's nice. And that's what they'd shout, right? Like, dong, bang, dong. <laughs> that's what the vendors would shout. And it sounds gross. I know if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, are they really talking about poop bread at length? But they're really cute. They are cute. 
So, cute. They're, they they resemble the poop emoji more than actual poop. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> guys, if ever you visit Seoul, you have to go to Insadong and then look for the poop shaped bread. They're so cute. <laughs> and they make it fresh every day, according to Korea.net. Ooh. So, you'll always have fresh poop. <laughs> <laughs> what a topic. <laughs> so in the story, they say that the real secret to any good dish is love, and that was the cheesiest line that I struggled <laughs> with. Um, do you agree that love is a secret ingredient? I so agree. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel all the feels listening to your podcast mm. episode. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it is cheesy. It makes, ugh, but it is true. <laughs> I'm a believer <laughs> of love, and mm. I also believe that it's the secret to any good food. You know, when moms make us food, or mm. um, when you serve food to your significant other. And I think that's the first um, experience that you have with a dish that tastes like it was made with love. It's your mom, which is a throwback to the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mine is my, my grandma. And the next is my mom, so. So your grandmother taught you to cook? It kind of. Um, it's not like complex cooking or... <laughs> it's just frying um, shrimp crackers <laughs> or prawn crackers. But still, hey! You know, that's my first experience. Pancake from my mom. And then um, shrimp slash prawn crackers from my grandmother. And maybe that's why I try to learn more ways to cook from scratch mm. because I grew up eating in a lot of instant food. A lot of instant processed, processed food. food. <laughs> and I think growing up in the 90s, um, kropek, instant kropek was a big thing. It was your merienda staple, right? Right. And I think most of us first learned to cook um, by watching people make kropek and it was always cute how the the brown thing, when you drop it in oil, it would fluff up. Right, and it was magical. I mean, for a kid, you know, <laughs> I couldn't fathom, like, how in the hell can this square thing turn into something fluffy and crunchy and so good, you know, so savory. It is so good. Now I want some. <laughs> yeah. You know, anything loaded with MSG, I think, <laughs> So, um, you heard it here first. The two top secret ingredients. You have love and MSG. MSG MSG doesn't kill people. (laughs) I actually saw this uh, documentary infographic thing on YouTube about why there were so many Chinese restaurants in the States. And I think it had... I'm paraphrasing. I'm probably losing a lot of the details. But uh, there was a time when Asian Americans couldn't open their own businesses except for restaurants um, in the States. And that's why there were so many Chinese restaurants. And then... When when the Chinese restaurants started taking over, you know, your typical American food places, they started inventing this lie that MSG was bad for you and that you would feel sleepy after um, consuming, after eating Chinese food. So I think part of it is an urban legend. Um, so it's all mental. It is. But I really do feel sleepy after eating Chinese food. But whether that's MSG or just gluttony, I can't really tell. I think it's gluttony. no you know you i always get food coma Mm. after eating greasy food and it doesn't necessarily Mm. have um msg like i make burger patties from scratch Mm. 
it doesn't have MSG, so it's just ground beef, salt, and pepper. And sometimes that's really all you need, right? But yeah. for some dishes, you really can't uh, go without just a little bit of magic. Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I don't use magic. <gasps> I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you look at my pantry, you won't see magic. But, but, wait, I'm opening my pantry right now. <laughs> um, you'd see that I always have to have nor cubes, cubes instead. And I'm very particular, you know, Norden Ping. They don't even know me. I'm a nobody to Unilever. <laughs> but I always have chicken and beef. And I bought, like, uh, pork cubes, but I've never used pork cubes. Cause I, I, I've just not bought a lot of pork this um, pandemic. Mm. But I always have chicken and beef. Same. I, I tried to complete all of the animals uh, for, for the Nor cubes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's just my OCD. Oh. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm going to use the fish cubes for, but it's oh. there. <laughs> I wonder what it has. Fish? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, um, so I think Sinigang is a great crowd pleaser. True. It's something that you can make for your friends, and they're like, wow, yeah, pwede ka na mag-asawa. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I agree with the Sinigang because... You know, instead of balut, that's what I'd serve um, foreign guests. Mm. Yeah, so I've had Korean and Japanese friends over, and I I did not make meals for them, but I brought them <laughs> to a Filipino <laughs> restaurants and then ordered sinigang for them, and they loved it. Love, uh-huh. but you know, there's a there's an argument that sinigang is not the quintessential Filipino dish. It should be adobo. What do you think of that? I disagree. <laughs> I well, that's just because I like sinigang better, mm. and you know, I've never perfected my adobo. Same. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, that's comforting it, to know. Yeah, no. Um, adobo was the first thing I tried to make on my own, and I kept screwing it up. No. So what I just do to make it seem like it's really good, mm. I fry it. Of course, fried pork. Um, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, my thing is, I pop it in the oven because I fine. Think... You have an oven. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think I screw up the adobo because I have very low EQ, and I think there's a there's a part in the in in the process that you're not allowed to touch or to move anything in the pan. Yeah, I heard about it. For the proper chemistry to occur or something. That's when you put the vinegar. I think you're not yes. supposed to touch anything. I, I can't do that. I'm like, hey, hey, pork, you okay? You okay? <laughs> Are you okay, pork? <laughs> so if you pop oh, it in yeah. the oven, you can't really go wrong. Um, except your oven smells like adobo for like a week. Exactly. And your clothes and your skin. <laughs> so uh, sinigang is a great crowd pleaser. Adobo is a crowd pleaser. Anything with garlic and onion is a crowd pleaser. Um, but as somebody who cooks, I'm really curious if you could make just one dish to impress maybe um, someone you like, maybe a crush. What would it be, and why? What's your What's the dish that you'll make with love? <laughs> it's so cheesy to say that, but yeah, I'd really do it. Like that's the magic potion. Um, mm. 
I, I'd have to be strategic about it. Mm. You know, to manipulate the situation. Mm. <laughs> um, so it depends on, on the type of person. Does the guy have a sweet tooth? Then I'd probably have to learn how to make, let's say, donuts. You know, from scratch. Thing. From scratch, because that—that's <laughs> you know a plus point. I didn't buy Krispy Kreme. I made you Krispy Kreme. That's true. That's powerful. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but if the guy is into savory food, then I also have to know is the guy into cheese or meat. <gasps> You know Are you saying? thinking what I'm thinking? I think you're thinking about the the burger that we made um, with cheese, and instead of uh, instead of hamburger buns, we used Krispy Kreme donuts. Exactly, <laughs> it has everything <laughs> on it, right? So and that's the I think that's a safe way. Oh my gosh, you just gave me an idea because again, that's like a strategic way to put it. If I don't know um, what the guy likes and I just want to impress him. Um, I'd probably make donuts from scratch. Okay. Mm. I'd make them or I'd use them as burger buns and then I'd make the burger patties from scratch. And, wow. Um, like how, how, how far back will you go in making it from scratch? Like will you, will you raise the cows yourself or? <laughs> if I can, why not? <laughs> no, I, I'd buy premium beef. Mm. Oh my gosh. And like I, I'd be willing to spend on premium beef no, i will not add anything just beef salt and pepper so it's pure Ooh, but, so you get the the real flavors right but it's not a real burger if you don't use processed american cheese so, that's true um, <laughs> for cheese you know there's an exception <laughs> so, that, so the dish that you will make to impress somebody uh is something that we've made together and it's uh a burger with lettuce and processed American cheese. Right. I think we put mayonnaise and sriracha. Yes, I think. And jalapenos, don't forget. And jalapenos, yes, yes. yes. And this, instead of a hamburger bun, it, you used pan-fried Krispy Kreme original glazed donuts. And it was amazing. Isn't it? Oh, yeah, so it has everything that I want, and hopefully the other person would also love it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. See, but the thing is, the way that I know you, um, even if he, if the person that you're trying to impress doesn't like it, it's not going to matter to you because you really cook to make yourself happy. Well, that's true. That's true. So, like, Kebs, if he doesn't like it, you're going to like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, if it... <laughs> if he doesn't like spicy food, I was just say, just remove the jalapeno school. <laughs> or like, build the burger yourself. There they are. True. It was part of the fun, I think, making the burger, assembling it, and then getting it so high that it almost toppled over. I, I mean, I like that. I like yeah. That For me, that could be like a perfect picnic or perfect dinner date. Aww. I have a I have something interesting that I want to share with you. So this is something that I got from cosmopolitan.com. Um I wanted to know if other people or if other women um tried to make food to impress, you know, their significant others. And I found this hilarious well, I don't think it was meant to be hilarious, but I thought it was funny. Um 
So I'm going to share with you some recipes. And then I want to hear your opinion about yeah. them. Okay? Sure. Well, if you found them in Cosmo, um, it's meant to be hilarious. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course. Well, if it's from Cosmo, it must be good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, these are Katie Lee's recipes for seducing your man. And I'm going to try to read it in my sexy goat voice. <laughs> so according to Katie Lee, if the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, we can guarantee that your guy will fall hard for these sexy meals and the hot cook who made them. <laughs> so these are basically just recipes that the author believes will help you seduce your partner. Um, and she pairs these dishes with specific moments in the day. So let's begin with breakfast with your boyfriend. And this is a cinnamon swirl breakfast bread pudding. So... Show your guy. <laughs> we haven't even started. I'm already chuckling. Uh, <laughs> show your guy your love by pampering him with an extra special breakfast on a weekend morning. Wake up a little early and slip the spread pudding into the oven because you make it the day before for the ultimate ease. The irresistible smell of cinnamon will come wafting into the bedroom and arouse his senses. Some say it's a natural aphrodisiac hint hint spend the rest of the am hours feasting sipping and well whatever just happens to come next <laughs> <laughs> feasting sipping what are we having <laughs> i'm confused because when i smell cinnamon i don't think it sound it smells very sexual or sensual even i i don't agree with that either um too much <laughs> cinnamon hurts my nose so I could just imagine another person mm. not liking it as well. Yeah. Okay. What's a better uh, breakfast for your boyfriend? Pancakes. Not. And even if it's boxed pancake, I'm pretty sure I could make it good. So mm. uh, pancakes and bacon. Ooh. Isn't that better? Yes, please. Pancakes, bacon, and then like really, really dark coffee. Like black the blackest coffee you can get. Yeah. I agree with the moment. The mm. moment is the key to seduce the person. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but you also have to know what this person likes. I will mm. not serve red pudding. I don't know, that's just too wholesome maybe, for me. Maybe because it's it's an easy dish to make. Um I think based on what I saw um, from this article, it seems like they chose recipes that somebody without a lot of kitchen experience could still um, try. It wouldn't they they wouldn't burn their house or their kitchen down. So I think bread pudding is easy to make. You just put stuff in the pan and you know, and you make it the day before for ultimate ease. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the I don't I disagree about the smell of cinnamon because I don't I I like cinnamon I like it in coffee I like it in pastry, but I don't like how it smells per mm-hmm. se. Right. So I agree the butter in the pancakes, the bacon smell, and then um, brewed coffee. Yes. I think that's that's a great start of the day. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you move on from breakfast, and you got number two, and this is your sexy picnic for two. Oh, picnic! We have we have a meze platter with herb pita crisps. <laughs> so um, here's the description. Are you ready for more sexy goat? Try me. There's something so intimate about a picnic with your guy. And as the temperature begins to rise, eating outside becomes refreshing and romantic. 
but no boring ham and cheese sandwiches or store-bought potato salad here. Entice him with an exotic, Middle East-themed menu of foods rich in bold flavors. Pack a colorful blanket or tapestry and a few pillows for lounging. Find a pretty spot to settle down, or, if the weather doesn't cooperate, spread out on the floor of your apartment. <laughs> Between the aromas and tastes, you'll be transported. <laughs> Uh, I have a lot of visuals in my mind. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, well, this is perfect. A picnic mm. indoors um, is perfect because of the pandemic. True. Um, but if it's safe to go outside, why not? And I don't know. I've never tried this before. Is this spicy? Because I think that spicy foods or like pepper or, you know, chili are... How do you say that again? As Aphrodisiac. Uh, they're, they're aphrodisiacs. Yes. Oh. But then, I don't know. It's just when you eat something really spicy and you're not into spicy food, I don't think you can equate that with sexiness. You know, when you're you're panting and you're like, ha, <laughs> 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 You start turning red. Well, that's right. You have to know if your guy is into spicy food <laughs> or not. Okay. Um, we, we go from sexy picnic for two to an exotic summer dinner. And... This is what? a macadamia nut-crusted tilapia Ew. with pineapple salsa. So, but remember, these are cultured tilapia. So, like, they listen to um, Mozart. They <laughs> read Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking coffee right now. <laughs> I'm I so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, this is macadamia nut-crusted tilapia with pineapple salsa. A luxurious vacation may not be in the cards right now. But this meal will make you feel as if you're on holiday in the South Pacific. Invite your guy over for a romantic escape from your usual dinner date. Decorate the table with tropical colors, put on a flowy dress, and if you feel like getting really festive, tuck a flower in your hair. Between this point- <laughs> I cannot, I'm so sorry. Feeling really festive, tucks flower in hair. Wow, that is so festive. Uh, um... Between the sweet and spicy flavors and summer heat, things are bound to get steamy. Huh. <laughs> this is this feels borderline racist. Is it? I I'm not sure. I can't tell anymore, but Which one's racist? Which part is racist? That if you know if you're in a, if you're on vacation in the South Pacific that you're supposed to have like a flower in your hair or something. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> either. But, you know, as soon as I heard tilapia, I was like, no way. What is your thing with tilapia? Because I enjoy, like, fried tilapia. I'll, I don't eat tilapia. At all? At all. Um, and, you know, I may buy bangus or milk fish, but... Only mm. because they're already um, marinated. Mm. So I don't eat milk fish as well. Mm. Like a sniga or just plain milk fish. It has to be marinated. Mm. These fish smell. They have this True. smell of the water where they were um, mm. kept. It can have like a muddy smell if it's not clean dried. Still, whether they're mm. cultured or not... They just have this distinct smell. <laughs> Whether they listen to Mozart. Even if they listen to Mozart or Bach <laughs> or whoever. No, they... And their 
fed feeds and hormones. But yeah, because I know cows are fed with a ton of hormones as well. But still, I mm. choose um, saltwater fish. Tilapia is not mm. sexy. It's not sexy at all. And if you look at the picture, I don't think it's how you imagine tilapia anyway. I think this kind of looks more like cream dory to me. Oh, so it's filleted. Could be. But when I think of tilapia, I think, you know, like deep fried. And then you, sometimes you, they serve it like the binukang tilapia style where it's... Oh, I like that. Right. I'll pass. <laughs> okay. Maybe you'll <laughs> like the next one because okay. we've moved past the regular meals, picnics, and exotic summer dinners because now we have a fight. So this is a makeup after fighting snack. Ooh, now you please read it in your most sensual goat voice. Okay, sexy goat voice, activate. Okay, so this is your no-bake chocolate oatmeal cookies. If you've had a fight, nothing will ease the tension like a sweet treat, such as my no-bake chocolate oatmeal cookies. One bite and he'll forget that there was ever a problem. Plus, chocolate is an aphrodisiac, so who knows where you two could end up next. Maybe the moon. I oh, know, I added that last one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, oh my God. everything is an aphrodisiac. Chocolate is an aphrodisiac. Cinnamon is an aphrodisiac. Is <laughs> what, is, what is not an aphrodisiac? Tilapia, apparently. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a turn-off. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I can't imagine being, you know, like, post-fight and you're angry and, you know, like, uh, you're sweating in anger and you're just trying to cool down. And then you go to the kitchen and you make cookies. Or you open a pack of cookies. That'll cost more fight. True. Because you're going to fight over cookies. So I'd be like, those are my cookies! <laughs> so maybe maybe you just make cookies because it's not... it's There's less conflict or there's less tension. Or maybe just because it's sweet and you want to be sweet. Mm. I don't know, but... I feel like there's a story here that we're missing. It started with breakfast and they had a picnic. And then they had um, tilapia for dinner. And then they fought. And now they're eating cookies. And, oh... Just looking at it now, I think the next part is the, definitely the continuation of the story. I think I know why they fought. Okay, okay. Okay, they fought because the guy's parents didn't like her. Because <gasps> wow. the next dish is dessert to win over his parents. Okay, I'm ready to sip my tea. Okay, this is nutty banana bread. <laughs> banana bread though <laughs> me too but well, it's just there's nothing sexy funny. about it I know. <laughs> and i feel like banana bread in the filipino context it's very like neighborhood bakery sari sari store bread like yes, julie's bake shop right right it's support your sister friend small business correct especially in the pandemic yes um, there was super banana bread everywhere right right um, I just don't find it sexy. So maybe this is why it's not for the guy, but it's dessert to win over his parents. So maybe we don't need sexy goat voice here. Just regular voice. Okay. Uh, okay. So when you're going to meet... Wait. <laughs> so when you're going to meet your man's mom and dad, it's always nice to bring them something homemade and from the heart. Make this delicious nutty banana bread, and when it cools... 
Swath it neatly in plastic wrap, then paper, and tie with a beautiful ribbon. It shows that you put thought and time into it. Presenting it to them the moment you arrive is a great icebreaker. The next morning, when his clan breaks out the bread for breakfast, they'll remember how thoughtful you were and how much they liked you. I think 2020 COVID context, they're probably going to be like, oh, she makes banana bread and sells it on Facebook, which isn't a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I don't think thoughtful comes to mind. What do you think? I don't think banana bread is a way to impress your man's parents. I don't know. So what what would be a better um, dessert or better thing to offer? Uh, maybe cake. True, like a um, store bought shala shala cake. Uh, I wasn't. Oh, I was actually thinking of homemade cake to make it more special. Oh, I'm so sorry. I feel like it's a flex, right? If you get him, I can't say the brand because apparently the owner is evil. But if you get him one of those like really tall mango cake things, ah, it's a it's a weird flex. It shows the the parents that ooh, he got coins. But <laughs> um, you know our friend whose mom makes cakes and looks really expensive because it has. Uh, Greek yogurt in it, kiwi, strawberry, like, you know, that's the thing. Uh, that's why, that's why I suggested homemade cake mm. and you put expensive fruits in it. Like, so you got, you got like your, your, um, homemade chocolate cake with duhat and aratelis, right? No. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Exquisitely dark chocolate cake with mangosteen and kamachile. Where are you getting these ideas? <laughs> Fine, now let's go with let's go with store bought cake. That store bought mango cake. Uh, I'm sorry that I um I'm sorry that I broke you down. <laughs> no, you didn't. But yeah, I mean, if we cannot make them, um. Mm. Well, yeah, because I guess um, what the what the writer or author is trying to say here is you could make banana bread at mm. home and it's easy, but um, it's just not my thing. <laughs> mm. Agree, and I think it's usually safe when you're when you're coming over to visit somebody's home uh, to bring wine. I think that's an easier gift to bring. Ooh, I've never. Except if you're trying to meet his parents, he, they might think, "Ooh, alcoholic." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like imagine going to like a shala shala mansion, like, um, and then you bring your your cheap ass 450 peso wine. That's right? <laughs> another. That's another thing that I'm scared of. So I'm not really confident about um, bringing wine mm. over to somebody's place. <laughs> Because, you know. What if they don't like it, right? Uh-huh. What if what if they actually own bottles of expensive wine and then you're bringing mm-hmm. them, like, your Carlo Rossi shit and they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's not a safe bet either. Not a safe bet at all. So maybe, like, I like the idea of a homemade something. Um, but I also think that it would be very respectful of the household if you ask them what they're going to make beforehand so you could match it right yes or here's what i'm thinking mm. if you go over to their place why don't you make them lunch mm. so so far we've had um so we started with breakfast and then we had a picnic and then we had tilapia and then we had a fight and then we had banana bread to win over the parents can you guess 
how this story ends. Gosh, I don't know. They break up. <laughs> so pessimistic. The parents hated like, the banana bread and that tore them I, apart. I'm thinking of the menu and I was like, no, can I rewrite everything? <laughs> no, it actually has a very happy ending. So oh. uh, it ends with make him pop the question. Ooh. What is the question? Uh, well, I guess the guy will ask her to marry him. Right? Yes. With just one dish. Ooh. Are you ready for the dish? Yeah. This is the proposal meal. So this is crispy oven roasted chicken with roasted garlic, pancetta, and rosemary. Pancetta? Pancet. With pancet. No! <laughs> okay. I think any man can be won over by being fed my chicken with roasted garlic, pancetta, and rosemary. Guys love the crispy chicken with the smoky bacon and earthy flavors of the roasted garlic and rosemary. Serve it up with some mashed potatoes and he might just drop down on one knee right then and there. Wow. Okay, that's the winner. Yes, that's how it ends. You propose. Yes, chicken, <laughs> garlic, pancetta, rosemary, bacon. This is the only dish I approve of. <laughs> 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 and I'm sorry, Cosmo author. Um, Katie Lee. Katie, I'm sorry, Katie Lee. But at least there's a winner. There is a winner. That's a point, and then Katie gets a proposal. So, yay! True. In theory, it sounds good, but looking at the picture, um, it's they use chicken breast. What? Ugh, why? Um, it kind of looks healthy, actually. I guess the Filipino counterpart of this would be something very extravagant and decadent. So what would be a Filipino proposal meal? Let's on belly, perhaps. <laughs> From scratch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> her name was Bessie and she was alive yesterday. <laughs> but now... <laughs> oh, no! Please don't ever... Get there. <laughs> belly, I think, is decadent enough to make someone pop the question, right? I don't know, because I'm just thinking the guy wouldn't even be able to focus and ask questions. Like, after the meal, they'd all be so full mm. and sleepy. So it has to be decadent enough to, to make a good impression and make the, per the guy feel like, um, okay, I'm going to marry this woman. But not so decadent that he'd slip into a food coma after. That's right. So I guess chicken is okay. Like, big chicken. Not breast, but like... Well, I guess you got distracted with a picture. I was thinking... When you mentioned chicken, I was thinking whole chicken. Mmm. Yeah, it's just... It's a sad breast. You know those... The, those small roasting chickens? Yes. With the yeah, spices that's... and the rosemary and... Ooh. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. No, I'm... Then you carve the chicken. Correct. Um, and you've seen those beautiful one-pan recipes where you've got the potatoes with the chicken and all the other veggies and, and they're the all stewing in the same. Yes. yes. Right? Yum, yum. They, they, they must have chosen the wrong pictures. I'm sorry that, you know, you weren't sold. But I can just imagine how I'm going to serve it. And what I'd be wearing, and what time of the day it is. <laughs> so this is the winner. This is the winner in this article. 
So we love Katie Lee's recipes for seducing your man. I like that there's a nice story hidden in it. Um, and I like that it's got a happy ending with a proposal and rosemary chicken. Right. I mean, I disagree with how many dishes did you mention? Like five? I disagree with four out of five dishes. But, <laughs> you know, in the end, there's still something that'll save her. The roasted chicken, and that, that'll get her the proposal. So that's what matters. Yay. <laughs> okay, so back to a different story. And this is the story that we were discussing on Love and Food. I have more things for you to react to. So I gathered some comments um, from the original blog post and some tweets uh, after the episode came out. <laughs> so excited. Some tweets. <laughs> some tweets. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to read some for you. Let's take turns reading them. And then let's see what, what people said about On Love and Food. So the first one is, um, ha ha ha. I am not sure what to feel about the ang mabango magisa magaling magsinungaling. I easily fall for people who can cook well, and now I feel like I need to be cautious around those kinds of people. What oh. did you think about that line? Oh yeah, you know that part made me think because I know. Oh my gosh, I know somebody, but I dated a person who cooks really good. Unfortunately, <laughs> you <laughs> tried one of the dishes because I've. I've brought something. Uh, no, Bicol Express. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. And maybe there's some truth to it. <laughs> the person who said this to me claims that it's a saying, but literally, I literally know no one who has ever said this before. Yeah. Have you heard this before? No. I'm trying to prove a point here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to sound emotional uh, or bitter, but uh, the person who said it could gisa really well and in the end he did lie very well so i guess it's true from the source <laughs> uh memories shut up <laughs> yeah but based on my experience maybe that's true it's just that we've not heard of this saying before <laughs> yeah maybe it's because um it doesn't even matter what you cook after as long as it starts with gisa it smells good Right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to look for the connection, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's because gisa is preparation. And if you want to lie really well, you have to prepare for it. You can't just like turn the stove on and start cooking. You would need to have laid the proper groundwork for it. Wow. I'm so serious wow. right now. Yeah. Or, or. The smell of the garlic masks the lie. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> True, like the, they're the flowery words that make you lose your logic and you start to believe everything. Exactly. Because if, even if the gisa smells good, it's not an assurance that the food itself or the dish itself will taste good, right? Right. That turns serious. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, well, speaking of gisa... Uh, the first line in the story is, uh, you ever wonder who uh, invented the whole garlic and onion power combo? Uh, because most Filipino dishes really do start with um, garlic and onion. Right. So I consulted my good friend Google <laughs> to figure out where it started. And depending on who you ask, the story is different. But one source, which looks reputable to me, said that it started with the Romans. So... <gasps> Similar to other primitive and poor nations, they were using plants only from their territories, mostly cabbage, garlic, and onion, as a remedy, spice, and food. 
So it's not just to start food. It's not just for gisa. It's also got medicinal um, properties. Really? Yeah, and he wrote, Egyptians used to take an oath by mentioning garlic and onion, considering them two holy and miraculous plants. Seriously? Yeah, so basically, I swear by gisa, I will do this because... Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's your oath. You, 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 swear by, you swear by your gisa. Oh my gosh. I, I, wow. You know, I don't know how this knowledge will help me in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but they're nice to know. Well, I I can add I can add one more. Did you know that uh, garlic and onions are also aphrodisiac? Did you ask Katie Lee? Because if you ask Katie Lee, everything is an aphrodisiac. Uh, I consulted her. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. But <laughs> that's kind of like a running joke in my family. Um, mm. that my parents must have eaten a lot of onions. That's why they had six children. Oh. Yeah. You know, my Ooh. dad's recipe, which he will never share, and I will, I will mm. make him share with me, is his kinilao recipe. So it's a Filipino ceviche. Ceviche, yes. Um, and it has lots of onions. Yum. And yeah. And they said <laughs> that my parents must have eaten a lot of my dad's ceviche. <laughs> and, you mm. know, that's, that's what led them to having six kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie Lee got it wrong. It's not cinnamon. It's not, um, what else did she say? Chocolate? Not chocolate. Um, not whatever pastry she mentioned. But really, we're going back to garlic and onion which the egyptians used to swear by yes like literally exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so we have the next comment oh my gosh it sounds like this is me it sounds like it sounds like this was a comment from me even though this was a comment to your blog post from years ago no this was from the podcast uh this is a this is a reaction to the podcast from one of my favorite podcasters Ooh! Wow. Okay. Killing fast. This story put a smile on my face. Kahit hanggang imagination lang ako, twice mo na ako nasaktan sa mga stories mo. At least this time, kung kinileg, tapos nasaktan dahil na-realize ko, walang nagigisa para sa akin. Yan, ang baduloy. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what the comment says. I tried. Yes. I tried. There was a there was a sad emoji, and you acted the you acted the emoji out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just felt, but really, um, so I read it for I read the story first before you listened to it. Yeah, I read the story first, and then I listened to it. When I listened to it, it added so much, um, like depth. To it. <laughs> Cringe. No. It's like a, it's Sorry, a whole new level. Sorry, this is self-deprecating. Oh, please don't. Because this was this was already a well-written story. And then you added this other layer of like voice acting and stuff. And there's Kilig. Okay. Um, he mentioned that I had hurt him twice with my stories. And this is... <gasps> this Me choosing this story was not accidental. I listened to the first few episodes and I realized that they were all kind of just these sad stories. And I, I wanted to, I didn't want to be 
the sad podcast. So I, I, I chose this story because it was one of the, the few stories that I wrote that um, had a happy theme to it. <laughs> well, yeah, it did make me feel happy and warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Especially that part there. <laughs> You know, <laughs> now I'm feeling giddy. <laughs> like I, I super cringed uh, at the story, and I remember when the second that I finished editing, I sent you the MP3 because I had to record it three times. So I recorded the the narration in the in my living room so that there wouldn't be like an echo or whatever. Um, and then I think I was walking around while I was recording the first character, the one who was reading the cookbook. And then I went to my actual kitchen to record the lines for the guy who was cooking. Ooh. And that's why there's a slight echo to it um, as well. And I wanted to differentiate the voices. And so I tried to speak in my low register <laughs> for the other guy. And so I think that's what made me cringe because I'm not comfortable speaking in that low register. But I could tell the difference. And and I could just imagine you... On the couch with your... Because you've seen my couch. <laughs> uh, yeah, but still, I could imagine you, like, on the couch with the Nora Dazzub cookbook, feed up, everything. And that part's actually true. I really did read the cookbook before I tried anything because I wanted to make sure that I knew at least 20% of, of the processes involved <laughs> before I tried anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, but... So. <laughs> that's the same effect so whoever you are i also felt killing like so much killing <laughs> <laughs> okay um let me read the third comment this one's from the blog again mahilig din ako magluto meron ako ng librong yan and, re- and referring to the nora daza cookbook because um in the blog post i had a picture of the nora daza cookbook um, at napansin ko ang lasa ng mga niluluto ko ay naayon sa kalagayan ng emosyon ko. Naniniwala ako kapag nagluluto ka ng may pagmamahal, magiging napakamalasa ng niluluto mo. Paniniwala yan particular ng mga taga-bicol sa pagluluto nila ng laing. Sa pagpipiga pa lang ng gata, kailangan may pagmamahal na. Alright, so for those who don't understand Filipino, what, what this means is, if you cook with love, your food would be really tasty. And that's one of the beliefs of people from the Bicol region. So it's in the mm-hmm. southern part of Luzon. Um, especially when they cook dishes with coconut milk, like laing. Mm-hmm. So you guys could check out my <laughs> Instagram to see what laing looks like. <laughs> yeah. But, but that involves, um, coconut milk. And, mm. you know, when you produce um, fresh coconut milk, you have to squeeze the pulp. So at that mm. very stage, or like that's one of the first stages of making laing, um, that should already involve a lot of love. Mm. How do you squeeze gata with love? Like, ooh! <laughs> I have no idea what this person is talking about. But, but yeah, I, I guess you think of the person you're gonna cook it for. Mm. And so in your head, you're like... I think the, the closest that I can think of is, um, they say when you, when you make ampalaya or bitter melon, you can't, when you slice it or when you cook it, you're supposed to smile. Otherwise, it'll taste too bitter. Have you heard this? That's the first time I've heard of it. What? Oh no, did someone just make that up? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're, 
maybe there's some truth to it. Because I do it. I mean, I do it all the. T- I, I mean, I figured it it can't hurt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have rituals other than humming while cooking. Mm. What does that do? Humming while cooking? I, nothing. I just. <laughs> I, I just know that I'm happy if I'm mommy welcome. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't mean anything special or doesn't add anything exciting to it. So it's not just about the gisa, it's not just about the gata, but remember even when you're just squeezing coconut milk, um you need to do it with love. Okay, we have one more comment for you to read and there's a picture accompanied Now that made me think of your episode more. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is really my favorite episode so far. And not because I'm, <laughs> you invited <laughs> me to talk about the B side, but really, I just, well, I guess it's because it's about love and food and who doesn't like talking about love and food, right? Yeah. So let me read the comment. Um, OMG, <laughs> this is killing me. I want to listen to this one more time. And bukas na umaga. So maybe like while while she's making breakfast, this is a girl. Uh, so maybe when she's making breakfast tomorrow, she's gonna <laughs> listen. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I'm I'll I'll listen to this episode over and over. <laughs> I've listened to it several times. Are you for real? I'm gonna listen to it for real. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna listen to it again, even if it makes me cringe. This is this is like this has the right amount of rom com in it. Mm. The the picture, the image that your friend or the commenter sent you is like the embodiment. Embodiment oh. of the story. It mm. just that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> wow! And she found it. She found it. She found it on Pinterest. She said. Ooh. Okay, we have one last comment. This says, "Lola ko nagturo sa akin magluto. Tapos nagawi ako sa glit sa pagbebake. Tapos tinabad na magbake hindi magluto." I love that book. I even have this folder on Facebook dedicated to my lola and tita. Nakapaloob sa folder na yon mga attempts sa pagluluto. And yes, love. Wala na ako maidadagdag pa. Kung meron man yung thrill ng pag-aantay sa pag-uwi niya, dahil lahat ay luto mo ganyan. <laughs> Pasensya na, ang gulo ko magsulat. Pero gets mo naman, ang init kasi sa earth. <laughs> oh my God! And it's, you know, we try to be, like, modern-day feminists and all, but there really is, like, a, a weird kilig feeling when you hear the front door opening. And I you know. know. that you just made, like, really good food. I know. Or, like, <laughs> you're you're expecting somebody, right? Mm. So, let's say you don't live together, but you're expecting somebody to go to your mm. house and you prepared a meal for that person. That's... Th- that's where the surreal um, that's comes the in. That's thrill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all the comments that we have. Um, I chose the ones that I thought would be very interesting. And so thank you, Meyer, for for spending two hours now. Of course, we'll edit this down. But <laughs> thank you for spending two hours of your time reacting to these things with me. Absolutely, I loved it. I loved listening to your podcast, and you know, I was also thrilled that. You asked me to um, talk about it because it's about love and food. 
you are very, very about love and food. <laughs> um, but we don't want to hog all of the fun. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to chime in, you can do so on Twitter. So just tag me at City Boy. If you could make one dish to impress someone you like, what would it be? Ooh. You know what would make me curious? Mm. Um, if Katie Lee would still choose the menu she chose. Maybe it'll change with like things that are very lockdown related. Like maybe she'll make Dalgona coffee or, <gasps> um, you know, that egg I... sandwich thing on TikTok. Yes, I've made them and posted it. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Meyer, for spending time with me. Uh, don't forget to follow Meyer on Instagram at a cup of jasmine rice, where you can see that she has successfully created the egg sandwich on TikTok. <laughs> Her feed is a feast for the belly, the eyes, and the heart. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and thank you so much for your time tonight. Come back next week when we feature another story on The Stories I Wish You Heard. <laughs>